Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It's the breakfast subtle. Elliot Danker, Barty Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. And we're going to talk about unicorns now. Mm, so many in Asia. Uh, sky high valuations in ASEAN in recent years indeed have led to several unicorns emerging here. Post COVID, uh, the forced digitization of various industries, we're talking here about automation for SMEs and a beefed up gig economy, all of these have thrust venture capitalists as well into the limelight once again. Yeah, thank you back to the first quarter of last year, 2021, ASEAN startups collectively raised six billion US dollars in funding from VCs, with the numbers growing even more as we speak. But you know, the region's angel investors—they're they're often seen as bridge financiers. They occupy that space between a startup's initial bootstrapping phase and proper VC rounds, and they remain far less visible. Mm, and because of this, understandably, research on the group is scant, but data from 2019 actually showed that of the 113 startups in Indonesia, specifically that received funding, only 10 involved angels. So why are angel investors losing out and can they outmaneuver VCs? Uh, on the line with us is Arya Sitya Dharma, who is the CEO of Prasitya Dwi Dharma. Good morning, Arya. How are you? Hi, good morning, Elliot. Good morning, Bharati. Uh, quite cool, yeah. Uh, Arya is known as Indonesia's super angel, the most active seed stage angel investor in Southeast Asia. And this company uh, that you're in was actually founded by your twin brother. Uh, yes, yes. We co-founded the company back in 2008. Mm. Tell us more about it. Yeah, so I mean, we started off as a normal company, just a brick and mortar in the telecommunication industry. So it's more of like a you know just, just normal company right become mortal right? but then along the way i we saw that you know as a traditional company you need to be involved in more technology but we don't we don't have the the, the capability to build our own in-house technology companies right so i i guess investing in companies in startups technology startups is a way of uh, of being involved in the technology revolution in south asia now, Arya, I have to ask you this. To what extent has COVID-19 influenced the way you invest these days? Well, I have to be honest, you know, when, when COVID happens, it does affect on how we see things, right? I mean, like, there were a lot of uncertainties during, the, I guess, the first half and towards the Q3 of 2020. But then towards the end, there were some lights, you know, there were some good fractions within the, the our portfolio companies, some of them actually got a, a, a tailwind, you know, because of the COVID. You know, for example, let's say the one of our portfolio companies is called Chakup, and it's a live tutoring for for Mandarin, English, and a specific language in Indonesia. Hmm. They actually get a, a pretty pretty good traction during the during the COVID because you know with all schools closed down. Uh, you still need to get to get education, right? And yeah. what better way to get online education? And they, actually, they just closed a ten million dollar uh, Series B uh, recently. That sounds great, uh, Arya. Let's let's talk a little bit about how Prasitya uh, Dwidama has backed over a hundred startups over the last few years. Yep. How do you choose who to invest in? So, in the beginning, I have to say, like even as an investor. We evolve, you know. We okay. started investing back in 2013, but uh, more 
I would say more more proper back in 2000, late 2015, 2016. Mm. So the way we we invest also evolved. You know, in the beginning, you try to be kind of, kind of like product focus. Try to be uh, to find companies that can generate revenue right away. You know, yeah. but over the years, what I see is that early stage, you need to focus on the founder because uh, most of the companies that I invested have evolved in terms of the product itself. You know, where when, when we invest, it probably offers one product line, but now they offer 10 product lines, right? So it really depends on the founder when you invest in early stage. So what exactly are you looking out for in a founder? What qualities are you looking out for? Um, I guess one is that it has to be, uh, so sorry, so the, the, per, the founder has to be person who thinks big, you know, because it's really about executing a, a, a business strategy that is fast enough to grab a, a market in, in, a, in a very efficient way. Uh, but then I would also look for founders who are open-minded and open to criticism, you know, because uh, you will face a lot of problems along the way. It's not going to be just as smooth as your business plan, right? And getting feedbacks and also not just feedback from your investor, but also feedback from the market, right? Because it really is, you need to be, uh, you need to continuously evolve your business model because it's not going to be as, as good as or as plain as you, what you envision. Actually, you know, on that note, are there any success stories that you could share with us, perhaps any CEOs that stood out for you, one of them uh, over the past few years? Yeah, I would say like someone that I, I work closely with definitely is is, um, is the, the one, Chakap is the one I mentioned earlier. Okay. They started back in 2016 with only a Mandarin, you know, but then they continuously evolve into more language in general, mm. but also the way they do business, you know, one, first it was like um, uh, web-based and then now they have, or they have an app-based. So they're very open to suggestion as well. Uh, but another founder that I would say is very fast in terms of executing ideas is... Um, Krishnan Menon from Bukukas. Okay. It's a bookkeeping startup that has grown tremendously in, in, in Indonesia. Krishnan himself came from India, but he's been in Indonesia for a long time. He, he co-founded uh, Fabilio before, but then he exited from Fabilio and then started a new one, uh, which is in the, in, the, in the fintech business. So Bukukas has grown from just a book, bookkeeping app and now it's more like Shopify, Shopify for SMEs, and and definitely the the, the end goal is to become this offering bank-like products to SMEs. Mm. Now, because a lot of people call you a super angel investor, super angel, I think you are well-placed to talk about the evolution of the landscape here when it comes to angel investing. We did mention earlier that angel investors in this region remain far less visible as compared to their counterparts in the West. What's the problem here? What needs to be done here in order to make them more visible? Yeah, so um, I've been a proponent of, of, of this angel investment network, right? I mean, so I think being an angel, you have to understand that sometimes it's not about your money, right? It's really about backing the, the right founder. And, and it's not about it's not about ownership anymore. You know, it, it, right now, money is, is everywhere. You have 
angel investors, you have VCs, and uh, you have family office. And as an angel investor, you need to think that uh, you want to back this this founder. Not really about ownership anymore. It's not about oh, as an angel investor, you have to own twenty percent or you have to own thirty percent. You know, mm. so a lot of the the I would say the old economy investors they came from a you know where, where, where money is king right if you want to build a company you need investors so it, it's it's basic that that you know you have to give more more shares to the, the funders right but nowadays it's really about the founders and and you hit you have to give value to the founders you have to give value to the experience that these founders already accumulated you know whether it's from their previous startup or or they've worked for unicorns uh, the founder himself or herself has value that you have to give. So okay. I, I think that's like one of the, the things that angel investors have to realize. I mean, looking at how the world still kind of dealing with COVID-19 variants, etc., etc. Um, seed investing in ASEAN, is it more riskier if you were to compare it with uh, mature markets? What are your thoughts? I, I guess it depends on what you see as a risk, right? Because uh, in uh, because we also invest in U.S. right, and the market is huge, definitely in U.S. But the competition is also more, more. You know, uh, there are a lot of competitors doing it, and yeah. and you have access to talents. Mm. The the problem with Southeast Asia is that we don't have enough talents right mm-hmm. now. Uh, you know, so because like all the all the good talents are are being hijacked by by the, by the unicorns. Uh, you know, when Traveloka wants to expand to let's say uh, overseas, they would also get the top tier talents from Indonesia to go to uh, overseas. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and even Chakap, we are, we also have talents tech talents from Vietnam. You know, because uh, Vietnam is not very well known for for their top ta- for their tech talents. You know, so. We have that problem in terms of talent, you know. So uh, the shortage of talent. So I think when investing in in Southeast Asia, it's really about the the founder right now, um, and and you're betting on 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 the market, the huge market. For example, let's say in Indonesia, you're betting on the huge market of Indonesia that the founders can tackle in the in a very short amount of time. Perhaps investors should be putting more money and effort and time into talent development in the region as a start, yeah, before or rather than just investing in the startups that already have ideas. What do you think? <laughs> this is, I think it's, it's, it's a bit tough, you know, you know because uh, to de- develop the tech talents, it takes years, right? Mm. And sometimes you just cannot wait that long. That's why even like Gojek acquire a company in India, you know, a, a tech company in Asia, in, sorry, in, in India, just to have that uh, boost in terms of the talents for, for, the, for the tech development. So I think it's really about execution and, and investors don't really care where you get your talent mm-hmm. as, as, long as, yeah, as long as you can uh, execute your ideas as soon as possible. But definitely, I think, so I, I, we also invest in a company, Hacktivate in Indonesia. It's, it's like, they, so it's a tech academy. So they, mm. you know, a lot, of, a lot of people who don't have any uh, experience in tech, they can uh, learn how to code and everything. And, and Hacktivate will channel these talents to tech companies as well. Mm. So we also believe that 
there's a gap in that um, in that, that matter. So we, we try to uh, be involved in that as well. We've been speaking with Arya Sitya Dama, who is the CEO of Prasitya Dwi Dama. Arya, really appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Bharati. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.